Yo, Kyle, I don't know if you've noticed, but it's Monday morning. You're Woo. not natural. I'm not in Syracuse. My goodness. And we are live at a SodaCon. Let's go. Woo! Get that bounce. Ooh. It bounces different live. The people bouncing up there. We're bouncing with sound moves. Give it a little bounce, everybody. We got bread bouncing. We got the breakfast crew bouncing at the table. Yes. They call Lucky Charms. Come on. I don't think that anyone's ever heard this song this far. Right. <laughs> We're letting it live a little bit today. We always got too much to say. Well, we are live in South Philadelphia at a SodaCon, which is why the audio sounds different for all our podcast-only listeners. For all you listeners, we got people flowing in. They're coming over from the hotel. They're getting in, eating breakfast. It's super exciting. And everybody got all the sleep in the world last night. We did. You know, I, <laughs> my, my, my little sleep tracker, it said, I'm not even going to bother. Right. And I looked at it this morning. Mine actually, woke, mine actually woke me up by saying, go back to sleep. Yeah, you, you wake up, <laughs> go back to sleep. My alarm, so we were, the crew was here last night, probably the sign company, until like 3.30. Yeah. Right? So all it's the nuts. beautiful signage in the room, our crew was here until after 2. Um, I didn't tell you this. But my bracelet usually vibrates to wake me up. Yeah. It did not wake me up. Oh. It did. I had a backup. Set. Perfect. On the phone. But in my delirium last night, I said it for PM, not AM. I magically woke up. That's incredible. It I'm is. impressed. Yeah. That's when I texted I had, you. I went three long. So uh, luckily, I, I was up on the first one. Uh, we were good to go. So last night was crazy because we started off the event at this welcome reception in a dealership. And honestly... We've been preparing this thing for months, yep. and even I didn't expect the way that that place looked and felt and the energy around the space, the lighting, and the way people were coming in and engaging. It was a way to kick off an event like I've never seen. There was, a way, there was an element of being in a dealership right. that made everybody immediately feel like home. Right. The, the whole environment of like comfort, I mean, it was a crazy dealership, right? I don't know how many people have ever been at a dealership like that. No, definitely not. But it's still, it's all the same. Yes. Right? As soon as you walk like, through, oh, I'm in a service drive. Some right. people have a red carpet. We had hunter tread readers right. that everybody walked through the middle of to make sure we... We were scanning everybody. We didn't tell them, roll the video. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw some service advisors trying to upsell the transport vehicles and the yeah. caters. Like, you know, your tread depth is yeah. that... 6.30 seconds. Once it gets to 5, we're going to have some issues. We knew all the people with fresh stock. kicks. Right. All the ones with the old kicks. Yeah. We were like flagging them for alignments, right? It was great. Oh, man. Well, that, that's amazing. We do have a little news to talk about this morning. We wanted to make sure uh, we tried to uh, held true. I got to tell you, it's a little hard to scour news when all this is going on. Without a doubt. But we're we, like, we have something. What are the news titles? Uh, a Sodukan. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's talking about it. There you Wall go. Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you should see it. It's wild. Yeah. It's so it goes everywhere. Okay. So um, let's talk about one news story. We want to make sure we had one. And these are from our friends at Automotive and News. We've been following affordability issues for EVs for a really long time. And Chevy has just announced um, their starting price for the 2024 Equinox EV. All right. It is $30,000. Woo! So this is a mini SUV that's 30000 and when you That's think about really strong for an EV. Like, you think about how many an EV, SUVs. mini SUV. Right. How many mini SUVs are in that price range already without batteries in them? And now for them to go, hey, look, we can put a battery and be at an affordable price in a mini SUV, not a car. Yep. That's a strong move. So some of the details on this SUV, it has a 250-mile range, the base model. It can go as high as 300 miles um, with some of the trim packages involved. It can get right. a 70-mile charge in 10 minutes. 
So that's kind of, the bolt right now is 90 miles in 30 minutes. Yeah, no, that's a game changer because you think about like the majority of things that people do in a day and like popping back and forth. Right. how and, can I get home? Being, yeah, exactly. And so a couple other data. So the, the it's supposed to have a more premium feel right now. We know the bolt has been, you know, the flagship EV. We talked last week about the bolt with the $26,000 I don't know if I would call it flagship. I would just call it an EV. <laughs> Yeah, what makes something a flagship? It's not only. I, yeah, it's if not it the only. Because it would be some level of premiere, I feel like. I feel like the flagship ship is like the one that everybody wants to be yeah. on. I don't know. I don't know what that actually means, but it sounds more luxurious more, than a bolt. More luxurious, yeah, yeah. Than a bolt. So um, we have a quote here from a, deal, a Chevy dealer in Orlando. His name is, by the way, this name is amazing. Walker Starling. This, it's, he's actually a movie. That's uh, a character in a movie. <laughs> Walker Starling. Well, the, he says the Equinox is going to be a game changer for General Motors and for Chevrolet. It's going to be a pivot point where the market responds favorably. The price point and the packaging are going to surprise people. I, I, and I think that's a good, you know, when you think about Chevy and you think about, you know, the way that people perceive their vehicles, I think if you, anyone moving into an EV space right now has to take a move to luxury and packages and technology mm -hmm. because it's it's like one in the same it's yeah. it's if you if ev then premium at least now right right now right that'll change i mean like, it well, will you know, this feels so i've i've driven teslas i've driven like the ford mach e i haven't driven the lightning yet um they definitely i mean whenever you have a big screen in a car right right it just feels premium but I can already see like the differences in the nuance. Like when I drove the Ford, it, it, it felt familiar. It felt Ford familiar, right? And some of the materials and things like that. That's their new marketing campaign. Ford familiar. Ford familiar. I don't, I'm not saying that in a good way. Yeah. Because <laughs> it didn't, it didn't feel like I, I expected from something that premium, I expected a real wow. Yeah. Right? And that even comes down to like the way graphics move on the screen. Like we talk about the audio visual. Yep. Thing. So, like, there is there's the element of premium is the expectation. Like, to Absolutely. Point, yeah. right? I expected to sit in it and feel like rocket ship mode. Now, if that was the first EV I drove, I feel like I would have felt that way, though. Yeah. It's, I, I completely get it because, and also, not just that, but when you look at, like, the types of commercials that are put out on EVs, the brands that have put them out, like, the public perception of an EV is premium. So, but I still appreciate the fact that, that they're going to bring a premium level vehicle with some packaging and the way it looks and feels into that $30,000 price range because that's accessible. We've been talking a lot about affordability with EVs, not just the price point, but, like, can that people afford software upgrades and all that type of stuff, yeah. and this just makes it accessible. So kudos. We'll see how it looks, how it feels, all that type of stuff. Well, there's Yet, a catch. To be determined. There's a catch that I didn't tell you about. Oh, no. <laughs> The catch is this: the base starts at thirty thousand dollars, but and then the trim packages get as high as forty. Yeah. They're like, oh, the base is at thirty. That's the big news. Except, we're not going to start by releasing the base. We're going to release a mid trim. Always. How, what, how do you do that? How do you make the whole story on like your thirty thousand dollars? Thirty thousand, but you can only get the thirty-five. But all 000. we got on, all we're making is the thirty-five. No, it's a, it's a little strange. Right. Right. It's. It's, it's strange that you're going to make the expensive one when your marketing thing is that it's the cheap one. You know, one. It's, the marketing thing, I, I don't know if maybe it has to do with, like, chip supply and where they're going to focus. But also, I mean, if you think about that, it's like why, uh, back to the point of premium, why at this point are you pushing a less premium price point? Like, are we at the point where people, where 
brands need to. Well, it's affordability, right? They're right. saying this is going to be the thing that makes it affordable for more people. Right. They are dropping the price of the Bolt by $6,000 um, because they're going yeah, to migrate that, yeah. the battery platform. Naturally. Um, you know, it's going to be the, what's it called, the Ultium platform? Yep. That the Silverado, the Lyric, um, what else, the Hummer. So they're that's all one of the that reasons kind of for the affordability. Yeah. You, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, it's not going to be released for about another year, so it's, it's fun to talk about things that are going to happen for a while. Yeah, Give right. you a little time to like back into it. And, then and it's not the year 2030, so we don't have to wait too it's long. Only <laughs> it's only 2024. It's only 2024. I can't hit this segue button because I don't know what's going to happen with the sound if I do, and I'm not oh, going to do that. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. <laughs> I'm going to trigger a sound pad right now. Segway. Time. All right. Uh-huh. Brian Ortega in the room. <laughs> Brian Ortega might be in the room and his audio clip now gets played at almost every automotive troublemaker podcast so kudos to brian if you're in the room if you know brian give him a pat on the back because we wouldn't be the automotive troublemaker without him at this point we certainly wouldn't be all right so um that's the only news story we had to cover today let's talk a little bit about why we are doing what we're doing right now at a SodaCon. we know that retail automotive is changing faster than ever yep and we have a limited time to pivot. In the past, you could look at long-term patterns, you had time to adjust, right? You really could start working on a problem and say, hey, after five, six, seven years, yep. we can kind of turn the ship and be in a better place. We don't have that type of time in the no. environment of such transition. Well, we've been talking about how pop culture is finding its way to auto, and auto is finding its way to pop culture. every day. So whenever that merge happens, all of a sudden the public eye is on you. And so it's not just, it's not just like public like laws and things like that and new entrants to the market. It's also the public eye is going, hey, what are you going to do, auto? What are yeah. you going to do, retail auto? And so the time is, it's so poignant that we get this right yeah. and that we solve for the customer experience. You know, every conversation that we have today and tomorrow, we're going to be directing the moderators and panelists and everybody that is having lunch with people to say, hey, look, today and tomorrow is about solving the experience. Saying, hey, look, we know that if the employee and customer experience is solved, that what we get on the other side is a perception of retail auto that is overwhelmingly positive from a cultural narrative. And that cultural shift is what's necessary to make this industry the most attractive one to not just work in, but also do business with. And that's going to take a different approach than we've had in the past. Without a doubt. Right? Like we have hundreds right now, last night, today, tonight we'll have thousands of people in this venue. But the hundreds that will be here today are those who are thinking outside the box. They're starting to think more broadly outside automotive into retail, bringing tactics, technologies inside automotive. But really the main thing is that the mentality shift has happened for the people in this room. And I assume it's going to go a lot deeper as this continues. And the point is, we need more people in the dealerships aware of what's going on outside the dealerships, which is why we talk about something called drawing a big circle. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who have never opened a piece of automotive media. They've never opened automotive news. They've never been to a digital dealer. They've never, you know, they've never really looked up yeah. from the job that they walk into every single day. And so through a SotoCon, we're trying to get more of those people involved because we believe even if you get 
you know, service advisors and lot porters thinking about what's going on in auto, innovation can go faster. Yes, yeah, it, it takes everyone because you never know who in the dealership or at the industry partner or at the OEM has an idea that could potentially shift the narrative. And so if we cut out literally over like seven eighths of the entire workforce from the communication yeah. metrics, how then we cut, how is that gonna work? When you look at any company that has done it brilliantly, right? Yes. You look at, I know some of our guests here are staying at the Ritz Carlton. I just think about the level of communication throughout that organization from the person changing the trash cans in the morning, yes. this, this mentality of ownership and responsibility for what is happening in the customer experience. And that's because they communicated it. Yep. It's not because someone's like, oh, okay, I really want to change trash cans and I want to do it somewhere where it matters. No, that person was actually over and over and over ingrained in them what their, what their role, responsibility, and the why behind where that's they were it. headed. So, you know, it's sometimes you need somebody to show you how to appreciate something. Yep. Right? And I think that this, that a SotoCon, the crew that we have here, is an example of showing people how to be passionate about it. There's certain types of music you listen to, and you're like, I don't know if I really like that music. But then someone's like, oh, this is why it's good. And then you can have an appreciation, right? You're a huge soccer fan. I'm wearing my very first soccer Woo! scarf. Look at this thing. Right? It's crazy. I'm wearing this because you are teaching me how to appreciate the community and the passion that is a part of the soccer. Yes. You know, it's part yep. of the soccer community. So, like, I think that as we do that, as we teach people how to be passionate about automotive, why it's worth being passionate about, I think that's actually how we win the game. It's going to fan the flame, and I'm really excited. Hey, I, we would be remiss if we didn't thank our partners at Cars.com, their family of brands, all of the collaborators that came alongside to make sure this event happened Man. for the auto industry. Uh, we could not thank you enough. Thank you to the dealers, the industry partners, the collaborators, the OEMs that are shouldering up on this event. It's, it's because of you all uh, that we are able to put this on. Wouldn't be here without them. We have a lot of content coming. Follow a SotoCon on, oh, we got some audio coming through? Oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Follow SotoCon on Instagram. You'll see what's going on here if you can't be here.